0: Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion.
1: Hi, Brittany. Hi, Emma. We are back for part two of our series called Was Ron Paul Right?, um little spoiler alert if you've made it this far you know that we we do think Ron Paul was right about pretty much everything so <laughs> we're going to keep talking about um sort of sort of this idea that you should not you should not occupy other countries and try to manage their affairs and try to control other parts of the world even if it feels like it might be the right thing to do or it feels like it might be advantageous. So we've been talking about what's going on in the Middle East. We've been talking about Afghanistan and sort of the 20-year saga that's been going on over there. Um, Brittany, can you think of any ways that sort of this idea of, you know, not controlling other people might play out in, in maybe more like domestic stuff, so stuff that's going on in our own country?
0: Yeah, and actually I'm going to even put it a little bit broader than that because this is always a good – this is how it was explained to me uh, when I first learned about like blowback and that's kind of what I think you're talking about, right? Yes. In a way. So I always think of it as – then I'll get into specific ways, uh, but like you wouldn't want to swat a beehive, right? What would Mm -hmm. happen if you swatted a beehive?
1: you would probably get stung many times. Many,
0: many times, right? And so it's funny to me that we think like, and this is a little different, but we think we can control people and tell them what to do. But when you're continually shaking a beehive, what's going to happen? The bees are going to get angry. Mm -hmm. And people are not meant, well, actually, I guess worker bees kind of do like to be told what to do. But, you know, we'll suspend reality for a second. (laughs) Um, Individuals, I think at their core, want to pursue their own happiness. You know, that is why that's such a major part of our of our country's founding, they want to be able to do what they want to do. You know, so long as they're not hurting other people, and they mm-hmm. don't want to be controlled. And I mean, we're living in an era of com- unprecedented control. And I'm saying that as somebody who grew up during the 9/11, you know, post 9/11 scare. But yeah, even then, I mean, having to make sure you have your mask when you go into a store, having to every mm-hmm. time I go, I like to go dancing and I like to go to music festivals. I can't go to those unless I show my vaccine passport, but it, not yeah. my vaccine my vaccine card. So. It's just very it's very scary because it does feel like we're being controlled in a lot of ways and we're being mm-hmm. told what to do and people don't like being told what to do. And so to think that yeah. we can go into another country and do this so that it's going to be received well when it's not even received well here yeah. is so silly to me.
1: Yeah, it is silly. And again, it, you know, not to sympathize with the terrorist groups that are hurting people, but when you look at it from a more broad perspective, if I were, you know, just a casual citizen in Afghanistan or in Iraq, and I looked over to an empty lot next to me, and the United States military was setting up a huge base and oh bringing goodness, in tanks yeah. and guns and helicopters and lots of soldiers, it would it would scare me a little bit, and it would make me feel like I was the enemy. And it's not hard to see how people who maybe they already have existing cultural differences or existing problems that they have personally with America – if we go in and we set up shop there and we, you know, decide to come in with this strong, forceful presence, it's not hard to see how people who already had, you know, some stuff against us would just say, you guys are my official enemy. You're declaring war on me. You're, you're bombing my country. and You're setting up shop. So this, this idea of blowback is basically that, um, you know, you're stirring up that bee's nest, you're, you're causing agitation. And, you know, again, that's not to make excuses for people for violence. People have to choose violence on their own. That's not something that anyone can force you to do. But when you're a country as powerful as the United States, you have to think, what are the consequences of my actions going to be here? And I think that's that's something that Ron Paul was really right about, is he talked a lot about you know, being being peaceful with people and treating others the way that you want to be treated. And that's that's the golden rule, right? A lot of us have learned about the golden rule. I don't know if they still talk about that in school anymore or if that's still like a
0: common thing. Who knows thing that what kids they talk, talk about in school anymore. <laughs> Who
1: knows? But um, I know a lot of you guys do some different ways of of education. So hopefully you're you're still hearing this idea, but basically it's it's the concept. Treat others the way that you would want to be treated. Mm-hmm. And when we're when we're setting up shop with our giant military operations and we're coming in and we're we're dropping bombs and we're doing drone strikes, that's not how we would want to be treated. And when other countries do that to America, we take it as an extreme act of aggression and we respond very swiftly and strongly. So it's it's not hard to see how people can kind of be pushed into that. And, you know. The golden rule isn't something that just applies to foreign policy. That's what's so beautiful about it is um, it can kind of be summed up like when you think about being more of like a liberty loving person, whether you're a libertarian or you're more conservative, it's don't hurt people and don't take their stuff. That's that's like a line that a lot of people love to say, because it's it's this thing where it's like you're respecting other people's autonomy. You're respecting who they are as a person. You're respecting. You're respecting their ability to make their own decisions, but also don't take things away from them. Don't don't rob them of their property and don't rob them of their space. And it's, you know, it's something that I think if our government was in line with that today, if, if everyone had listened to Ron Paul, I think things would look very, very differently right now.
0: Well, I mean, he was the only candidate for peace, uh, both 2008 and yeah. 2012. And it was funny because you saw him influence uh, and and just kind of change the Republican Party or younger people who were politically undecided at the time. Mm -hmm. And then in 2012, you saw that there were even other candidates on the stage trying to mimic a little bit of what he was trying to say because they realized that the peace message, especially with the youth, with younger people, is so powerful. You know, kids today and even, you know, I was – 15 when we went into or 16 when we went into Afghanistan and that is more than half of my life and for people being born mm-hmm. all their life, you know, and that's I think what's so crazy about this is that we've been there for 20 years and it all unraveled so quickly. And yeah. imagine if we had sought peace, you know, there's that quote, blessed are the peacemakers. Yes. But we took, we took an opposite route and we, we harmed other people and we tried to impose our beliefs on them. And that would be no different than me Knocking on Emma's door with a tent and some weapons, yeah. and saying, "Hey, I'm capping out in your living room because I don't think <laughs> your beliefs are correct. So yeah. if you try to tell me to leave, I'm gonna shoot you." And it sounds silly, right? That sounds absurd. That's exactly yeah. what we did over there. We came over with our, you know, our, our tent and our weapons, and said, it is. "We're gonna, you know, we're gonna make you believe what we want you to believe, or else." And then it didn't work, and we're seeing it didn't work. And what scares me now is that if we don't listen to Ron Paul's advice, you know, from years ago, and and he still gives now, what's mm-hmm. going to happen when the next conflict happens? You know, this isn't just Afghanistan. Yeah. This is something it's, that keeps happening.
1: You're so right. It's not just Afghanistan. This is not going to be the last time that we ever have a tough decision as a country on what we're going to do about something. It's not going to be the first time that we come to a difficult crossroads. And our country is a world superpower. We are very powerful. We we have a very strong military and that is a lot of power to have. And it's also a lot of responsibility. And for us to act like we are the world's policeman and we need to be out telling all these other countries what they should be doing and not only spending people's money, spending tax money on doing that, but spending lives. That's the other element yes, of this. Yes. Is there are a lot of people, um, just honest men and women who, who have signed up for the military because they have a desire to protect and defend their country and rather than, you know, being being utilized to defend by the military, which is, you know, that's the oath that they take. I have family, a lot of family that's in the military and that's that's what they swear to do. Rather than being defenders, the government is using them as pawns to, you know, promote a certain agenda or to accomplish a certain diplomatic mission or not even diplomatic but but to go out and provoke people. And when you when you think about how wrong it is to them and to those people who have died you know doing mm-hmm. something that there was no clear mission that's that's really horrible to to waste human lives in that kind of a way and there there are so many costs to behaving like we need to be controlling the whole world and controlling everything that happens. There's human cost, meaning, meaning people who die for for no good reason. It's it's one of the most tragic things that could happen. There's human cost, there's a financial cost, there's the political cost, there are health costs. Mental health costs. I mean, there's been a, a huge spike in mental health problems even just this week for for people who have served in Afghanistan and who saw horrible things and and went through a lot of trauma there and they were there because they believed that they were protecting their country and that they they believed that they were doing something to to help America and to protect the people that they love and protect liberty and then they came back and they saw the government just completely mess up this really delicate situation, and and they're they're now dealing with feelings of well, what was all of that for? What were what did I do all of that for? Was it worth anything? And my 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 thing that I would say about that, especially, is that um, this was not about this was not a failure of the people who were sent there. This was a failure of the people who were in control and who mm-hmm. were making those decisions from the top of the government. Because that's another thing is you know people say, oh, if if you're anti-war, then you're anti-military but that that's not true it's actually the complete opposite of the truth because the the best pro military pro service member stance is one of peace because you don't want people wasting their lives on something that has nothing to do with our liberties or nothing to do with protecting our country so that's, that's the other element of this is, um, you know, a lot of people who who think that we should stay there say, oh, well, you must hate the military. That was what John McCain said yep. to Ron Paul. And it's completely untrue. Is funny it's funny because
0: Ron Paul had so, excuse me, so many military yeah. members who supported him because, yeah. for this reason, because they went over there and they said, oh my goodness, we've made a huge mistake. Not them yeah. personally, but the government, the United States government and yeah. so, you know, there were so so many overwhelming support from the military for Ron Paul.
1: Yes. Ron Paul had, I believe, I can't remember if it was 2008 or 2012 or both. I think it was both but he had the highest rate of donations from yes. from veteran supporters both. yeah and and it makes sense when you think about it because if you go in and you experience we can only understand so much about war having not fought in one before but once you once you go through that and you see those things and you deal with the sort of the emotional effects of that i think it really probably changes the way that you see conflict and the way that you see the united states on the world stage so this is not um, us trying to bash the military. This is not even us bashing America. We we love America and we love yeah. what America stands for, but this is um, this is a huge failure of our government to see what its role is in the world. And it's it's wielding power in a way that's irresponsible, and that's that's why we think Ron Paul was right, not because America sucks, or not because, <laughs> you know, there's there's all these problems with the military, or because we we don't think we should be able to defend ourselves. It's that we believe the government is is uh, very powerful and very much responsible for what it does, and yep. and it's been behaving very irresponsibly.
0: Absolutely, I, I couldn't have said it better myself.
1: Yes. Well, we're going to wrap it up here today, guys. Thanks for listening to part two of this little series we're doing about Ron Paul in the Middle East and all that good stuff. If you're interested in learning more about The Golden Rule, go ahead and check out our our book on this if you haven't yet. It's called The Tuttle Twins and The Golden Rule. And it talks about um, sort of these ideas of not not controlling other people and not trying to tell other people how to live or other countries. And there might even be a little cameo from Ron Paul as a camp counselor in the story. I can't confirm or deny that. (laughs) You're going to have to buy the book. (laughs) Yeah, you'll have to buy the book to see. But thanks for listening, guys. We really appreciate it and uh, we will talk to you again soon.
0: Talk to you later. You've been listening to
1: The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out tuttletwins.com for more awesome content.